Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to introduce a guest onto this podcast, making his return uh, in the wake of some not some great things, but other great things that, that we get to talk about today. It is Asher Levy of Denver Stiffs, mild stomping grounds. Asher, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I had an article go up today about some issues we'll get into, and uh, it was very well received. Uh, it accomplished the goal I set out to do. And outside of that, I mean, the nugget season is just around the corner. We got 11 days till preseason or maybe 10 by the time this goes up. Who knows? Uh, it's ramping up. We're out of the dead zone and it, it's good, man. It's good, man. I'm so excited to be out of the dead zone. I, I have been, I know you've been following along on the content that I've been posting at MHS. My God, taking on that entire like undergoing uh, for 20 straight articles on 20 straight weekdays is, is horrible. <laughs> it is, yeah. but I, I hope the content has been good for everybody. So, um, but Asher, I, before we get into your article, you, you've taken on a new role, as I understand it, at Denver Stiffs as the lead writer. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. I'll be doing some lead writery uh, things for this upcoming season. I'll be along with TJ McBride, the on the ground people for Stiffs this season. So I'll be at the games doing the media stuff. I'll be at media day on Monday. Uh, and I'll also be doing uh, some editorial stuff. And yeah, uh, just an expanded role from what I did last season. And I'm excited for, you know, more work to come out. Awesome. Very excited for you to continue to grow. I, I brought you on at the beginning of last season. And this is where I kind of foresaw this going, by the way, like this one, <laughs> this isn't any outs, like this isn't any stretch. So anybody that is a little bit skeptical of what's going on at Denver Stiffs, don't be. Asher's fantastic. TJ is fantastic. Brandon is fantastic. The entire crew over there will continue doing great things. So make sure to check out the work. But especially make sure to check out Asher's latest article, which I think touches on a very important topic based off of uh, how certain things have been received in the NBA sphere over the course of this last week or so. Um, for those that don't really know, Asher, can you kind of explain to people what went on over the course of this past week? Yeah, sure. So last week, there was a video uploaded by Anthony Edwards. Uh, Timberwolves who in it was filming some men who appeared to be uh, outwardly queer or gay in many people's eyes and he was filming them and said uh, look at these queer ass people uh, what has the world come to and in response to that there was a mixed bag of reactions from fans a lot of players were silent on the on the matter and then uh, the NBA, after uh, a certain amount of time, issued a fine uh, of $40,000 to Anthony Edwards. And Aaron Gordon, for uh, whatever reason, decided to quote tweet a tweet about that. And it was three thumbs down emojis, which sparked uh, a lot of conversation on Twitter about it, uh, whether that be positive or negative, uh, depending on how you look at it. Uh, there was a lot of people saying, Aaron, this isn't a great look. There were a lot of people uh, also defending Anthony Edwards. Aaron didn't have any words to say about it. 
per se. Uh, he just had that tweet and then another one that said, how can I be homophobic? Ellipses. And then both were deleted uh, a little while after they were put up. And with that, he didn't leave. Uh, uh, he left the door very open for interpretation. And yeah, yeah, uh, there was a lot of discussion about it uh, on Twitter and I didn't see a lot of it going in a great direction. So I decided to write as someone who myself am queer. Uh, and that leads us to the article I put up uh, earlier today. Yeah, so I never actually talked about this on Tuesday night when I recorded my pod. It was kind of very fresh. I didn't really know how to address it. So I didn't address it, and I kept feeling pretty guilty in terms of putting up a podcast that, hey, I, I knew that this had happened. I didn't address this. It's kind of, kind of a big deal. And then I also thought, okay, maybe this is not a big deal. Maybe this isn't like, and, and then you, you start to you start to really go down that rabbit hill of really dismissing a lot of what is going on and, and the undercurrents of what is going on, despite the fact that, hey, the NBA is progressing into a much better direction than it has, but clearly there are still some issues. And clearly, I, I think in your article, you capture that really well. Uh, homophobia, it can be very loud, but it can also be very subtle. And for something like what Anthony Edwards did, I would call that more subtle in terms of like, yes, this is derogatory, this is bad, but it's also like said in kind of a joking way. It's also said in a, uh, a difficult, like it's, it's almost difficult to blame uh, in quotations somebody mm -hmm. for maybe making a joke, but that's the problem is, and I think that you're, you got into this and, and you made sure to discuss this at length was that, look, there are some undercurrents here that are pretty shameful. And what this does is it sort of, it pulls the carpet out from under a pretty tough argument that I think a lot of folks in the queer community have continued to make. And that I'm sure a lot of people that double as NBA community members are pretty uncomfortable with. Yeah, I would agree with that. And whether these players, because we don't know these players as people we cannot speak to whether they are in fact homophobic or whether they're just making a joke in a uh, bad like a bad taste uh we don't know these people only they will know how they truly feel but i wanted to speak about it because so many people are safe in feeling uh a not even hatred towards gay people, but just not an acceptance towards them. Whether right. that be, you know, the locker room talk of sports communities as, as a whole, where you have to be so manly, you have to present yourself as, oh yes, I am this, this, and this. And you have to check off boxes of being a stereotypical jock or whatever. And there are many gay people and queer people who fit those boxes, but they like uh, sleeping with their preferred sex or uh, preferred gender of, you know, something that doesn't align with uh, societal norms. And that in itself forms a uh, homophobic, casu casual homophobia. It leads to no homo jokes, which uh, Jeff Morton did a fantastic piece on a, a few years ago when Jokic said that in an interview. Right. There are a lot of just jokes made about it. And I don't think 
people pay attention enough to where those jokes come from because a lot of the time they're like oh this is just a joke but it can come from a place rooted in uh, bigotry and hatred and i'm not saying aaron gordon hates gay people or anthony edwards hates gay people but i do think there's a certain ignorance there that i want to try and help people understand more and i think that that is what a lot of gay people advocate for or you know queer people in general and i even within the uh queer space there are uh, communities that aren't voiced as much like everyone knows what gay means everyone knows what uh, lesbian means a lot of people know what trans means uh, but people don't always know what for example asexual means that's what i am uh, it right. means experiencing like little to no sexual attraction and even within that there's a, a, a spectrum of identities to go by and not many people know that that's what the a in lgbtqia plus stands for a lot of people figure it means ally um and raising awareness on issues like homophobia and just telling people uh, a story is important to me because throughout my upbringing and all that sort of things, I have come out at different points as, you know, um, different things. And a lot of the time it's been met with backlash. A lot of the time I've been outcast from social circles. There have been jokes made at my expense. And that's far from the worst that happens uh, to queer people. There, if you're trans, you are far more likely to face uh, bigotry than straight people or uh, cis people. You are more likely to be jumped. You are more likely to be beat up. You are more likely to be harassed verbally. Uh, all these things just for trying to live how they see themselves and how they are it's not a oh this is an incorrect pronouns thing it's a people are being uh like targeted for uh just wanting to be how they are liking who they like that's sort of right thing. i don't know if you were really old enough to remember exactly what happened during the Jokic incident back in 2018, but uh, you were a Nuggets fan back then. Uh, do, you, do you remember anything about the incident specifically? I, I do. I, at the time, was uh, identifying as bisexual because uh, romantically I have equal interest in men and women, and I didn't really know what a, being ace or asexual was at the time. And I went to school the next day and people were talking about it. And oh, basically all my classmates were uh, making no homo jokes that day. And it continued throughout the year. Uh, there were uh, a lot of, there were a few uh, queer kids in my class. A few of them were gay. And we had a tough time fitting in after that. And I don't think or know if, uh, Jokic had bad intentions back then, or maybe he's you know learned things since then. But those sorts of jokes are pretty commonplace, especially in sports communities, sure. where if you uh, sleep want to sleep with men or you know not straight, uh, not heterosexual sort of relationships, you're seen as a sissy or uh, lesser than, you know, uh, which shouldn't be uh, the standard, obviously. Yeah, so I remember that back in I think it was 2018, maybe maybe it was early 2019, and 
it was unfortunate. It was very unfortunate at the time, but I do remember my first instinct, having gone to Valor Christian High School, a very religious high school, uh, University of South Carolina, that's where I currently was, a very southeastern, like southern school where it's it's sort of the, the undercurrent of that is that you're supposed to be a certain way. Uh, my first instinct was to laugh it off. It was just to say, hey, uh, they, he, he made a joke. He was clearly not trying to be serious. Mm-hmm. And now that reaction sort of feels shameful. And, and you start to realize why, given uh, all the stories that we that we hear and the experiences that you yourself may have had or really anybody facing bigotry has really had. The, the idea of no homo, it really, like if you just break it down and just say not homo, then you're basically saying like, look, you're not supposed to be this way. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That's, that's of course a problem. Um, that was more of a subtle thing where you get it in that kind of sports context, you get it in the, hey, this is not a big deal, but it's that undercurrent. Something that's a lot more loud is when Kobe Bryant uh, screamed to Bill Kennedy uh, gay slurs and Rajon Rondo, Joe Kim Noah later seasons did the same thing. Those were loud instances of saying, hey, you are a problem because you are gay. And mm-hmm. that is, of course, horrible. And we there, there should be no place for that in this league, just as there is no place for racism in this league. I think that if we thought that homophobia and racism, if we thought about those two things in a similar light, it's probably the best way for somebody who's struggling to think about these topics. It's probably the best way for them to think about it. If someone got beat up and abused because they were black, that's horrible. That should be that should be outlawed and banned. And no, like it's there's no place for that. If someone mm-hmm. got beat up and abused because they're part of LGBTQ, LGBTQIA plus, excuse me then that's also horrible. And it should be viewed in exactly the same way. People, they talk about hiring practices and undertones as small slights for systematic racism all the time, but it's the same in the queer community, is it not? Yeah, I mean, bigotry is bigotry at the end of the day. And anyone who holds any sort of uh, prejudiced views in regards to any sort of person for just being how they are, whether that be ableism, whether that be racism, whether that be homophobia, uh, is is wrong. And we are getting better at that as a, as a whole, like as a society. But there are still a lot of leaps to make. There are still a lot of there's still a lot of progress to be had. And I hope that this can turn into a conversation about it. I don't want to cancel anybody i don't want to say anyone is an actively bad person uh, because they were raised in an environment where that was seen as negative but maybe they just didn't have the right uh, resources to know that they were in the wrong and that is what i was hoping to uh, come across at or to bring to the table because it's not about advocating just for advocates sake it's advocating for actual action and i think people need to take actions to normalize uh, being queer there i people just want to live how they want to live and the reason pride is such a big thing is because that's not where it is there's so much uh, homophobia in the world casual or uh, intentful and 
there needs to be an education uh, of people to help them understand what they're doing and why it's wrong and sort of a rehabilitation of the public image of uh, queer people just because of the centuries of, you know, people being uh, disgusted by the idea of it. I do think that that is a salient point that, look, we, we're still in like, think about the, think about civil rights activism and, and how that went on during the 1960s and how slow it was for different parts of the world to sort of get on board with that. We're basically in the 1970s version of that right now, where yes, people are getting better, people are starting to understand, but there are certainly still undercurrents in various communities where it is seen as wrong or uncomfortable. And it's just, there's at least undertones and at most way larger demonstrations than that, that this is still a problem in a variety of different ways. Uh, When Anthony Edwards and Aaron Gordon say the things they do, it's often to a young and impressionable audience. The NBA is a, they have a very young base in general where a lot of these kids, they idolize these NBA stars and their actions and they parrot them or they at least immediately dismiss it because they are NBA stars. Mm-hmm. I do want to highlight that Myers Leonard is now out of the league because of the racist things that he said. If Myers Leonard posted an Instagram story and basically said, wow, look at all these black people at this hockey game. Crazy what the world has come to. I feel like we would view it as very serious. I feel like he would be ostracized from the league immediately. And until, like we, we, like we said, we don't need to fully ostracize Anthony Edwards and Aaron Gordon, at least quite yet. But I do think that it's something where those two situations are viewed drastically differently than when maybe they should not be. Yeah, I think that people just need to try and uh, understand what their words mean better than what it is right now. And I think that the response to uh, these comments and these actions have been a mixed bag, but I hope that uh, starting from, you know, now and going forward that people start becoming more aware of it and more accepting of queer rights and all that sort of stuff because it's not where it should be. Strong article from Asher today. Everybody should go read it at denverstiffs.com. Make sure that it is read and uh, it's all about education and acceptance more than everything else but we still need some action. There's still definitely some better ways to approach this. And I do think that Asher hit it on the, hit it on the head in a very vulnerable way. So kudos to you, Asher, for doing it. Uh, any other uh, kind of parting thoughts before we get into basketball talk? Uh, if you know someone who is queer, let them know you accept them. If you have a sibling who wants to come out, help them however you can. If you have a friend who's struggling, Help them however you can. Uh, Many people struggle with trying to be themselves, whether that be because of internalized uh, homophobia or non-binary homophobia or uh, transphobia, whatever uh, it be. A lot of people struggle to want to come out, uh, to want to be themselves. And if they are, then that's an incredibly, uh, an incredibly, 
an incredible thing that they've done for themselves and they should be proud of that. It takes a lot to want to be yourself in a society that doesn't accept you and just let them know that you have their backs. If you want to be more educated on the topic, then my article can provide, or you want to take uh, more steps to being an activist rather than just uh, an ally, you can uh, donate to many charities. You know, you can go to uh, parades and uh, protests and that sort of thing. And you can do your own uh, research on it. There are a ton of great queer creators out there, whether it be on YouTube, journalism, uh, just mainstream. There are a lot of resources for you to look into. And there are so many uh, things that uh, cannot be said in one article. So it's important to th that this be a starting point rather than a ending point. Uh, this is the start to something and hopefully not the end. Well said. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Denver Nuggets Media Day. But first, got to do my read. Uh, football is back, everybody, and nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now. Start getting in on all of the action. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1 800 back pickaxe and roll ryan blackman here thank you so much everybody for tuning in if you can it'd be awesome if you could rate review and subscribe to the podcast five stars up podcast spotify google wherever you get your podcasts uh, saw a review come in on apple podcast that was awesome to see thank you to the person who submitted that all right asher we are here with asher levy are you ready to talk some hoops i'm ready to talk some hoops let's do it Media Day is upcoming. Media Day is this Monday. I am very fortunate that I'm going to be taking a vacation right before that, and we'll be getting back to uh, kind of where I need to be on Sunday night, and Monday is Media Day, and then they have training camp on Tuesday, and there's going to be a lot going on over the course of this next week where the Nuggets are going to start to kind of figure out who they are as a basketball team and what they need to work on, where they are in their development. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see what everything is like. So I'm going to ask you some questions kind of about more media day predictions than anything else. We're going to see whether those actually come to pass, but more is just about, hey, how well do we know this team? What do we think it's going to be like? So my first question to you, what's the vibe going to be like? What's the tone going to be like? I think that it will be it'll probably be the most interesting media day of the past, like five, six years, uh, because it's going to be the first time that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. have been healthy in for Jamal over a year for uh, Mike Porter going on almost a year. And what people will want to know, Hey, how have they looked together? How have uh, they've been gelling? You know, they'll want to know, about their health, about the expectations they can have for this upcoming season. 
And I think it will be the media day that has spoke to the, sparked the most interest uh, by fans this in the Yoko era, probably. Sure. I mean, the team does have the largest expectations that they've had, the, the grandest expectations that they've had to date. And I, I, I think you could say that about their franchise history, to be honest, where you look back and you see some, I think, some surprising runs to the NBA or to the conference finals. And those were in 1978, uh, 1985, 2009, and mm-hmm. 2020. And all of those, I think, would be have considered surprises, except maybe 2009. But I do think that this one, if, if they get to the Western Conference Finals, it's not going to be a surprise. It's going to be, yeah, this is what you were expected to do. And that's kind of how I think their tone is going to be. It's going to be very excited. I think we're going to, we're going to hear a lot of exciting things from everybody. But more than anything, it's that the expectations are going to be through the roof. And I think that's going to come through for sure in this particular case. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is the most excited that the fan base has been ever, and rightfully so. The expectations should be high for the Nuggets this season, and I think they will hold themselves to even higher expectations. Perfect. Next question. Who is going to give the quote that generates the most headlines, and what will that quote be? I think it'll be Jamal. I think there's probably the most uh, anticipation around what he'll have to say because we kind of have gotten to talk to a lot of guys and Jamal hasn't uh, talked in a, in a while. And I think to hear from him, how his rehab has gone, how his, you know, how he's feeling going into the season and what he expects of himself this season will be sort of the quote of the day where he'll, either tell us he's a hundred percent what he'll tell us, you know, something else and just kind of set the tone for himself this upcoming season. And he has, you know, he's been the guy with that killer instinct with that drive going uh, in the past. So I think you might hear some stuff about that and at media day. For sure. Uh, It's, it seems very likely that he will give some big quotes I'm thinking about straight up asking him, how do you feel about ESPN ranking you as the 50th best player in the NBA this year? That seems, that seems interesting by them. And I'm just waiting for the the look that he gives me and for the, the uh, just pain that that's going to come through that expression and be like, why did you do this? Like, there's no reason to do this. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, he's a safe bet to give the most quotable headline for sure. Michael Malone, always a great quote. I wonder what Michael Porter is going to say and whether he's going to have some big words about his return, because there's a lot of focus on Jamal, not as much focus on MPJ and the talent that he has. And uh, I'm not surprised given that uh, he, he hasn't reached the level that Jamal has reached so far in his career, but those guys, they're at one point viewed as maybe Michael could eclipse Jamal in terms of the actual standing on the team. I don't think that's very reasonable right now, but Maybe it is. Maybe he does do that. And so maybe maybe he talks like that, which would be fascinating. <laughs> that would be that would be an interesting turn of events. But yeah, I, I do wonder what MPJ will have to say. It's a lot of the similar, hey, so how did rehab go? What was uh, the what was the mindset like? All that sort of stuff. I think both of them will have a lot to say on those issues on, on those topics. And uh, I look forward to hearing from them. 
Next question, who will be the biggest muscle watch candidate of the team? Being like, who's bulked up the most? Who, who are they going to talk about bulking up the most or being in the best shape of their life and, and being in that situation where, oh, you're ready for a breakout? I think they're going to hype up Zeke Naji because yeah, if you've, if you've so. seen the Red Rocks videos or if you've seen uh, workout videos from him, he looks like he's put on like 10, 15 pounds of muscle this offseason. And if that's the case, that gives him a lot more going forward as the backup five than would have been last season. And the Nuggets are kind of in need of a you know bench big. So if Zeke Naji comes out and he's been really good, I think we're going to hear a ton about that. You're a big Zeke Naji fan, always have been based off of what he's done with his game, how he plays, just the, the style of which he plays. I, I have to imagine that putting on 10 pounds and getting stronger is certainly going to help him when battling fives. But I honestly think the thing that's going to help him the most is just being more functional as a scorer around the rim. He was horrible as a scorer around the rim in this last season. I, I don't know if you saw the stat that I put out about him when I did the article. He had, I think, 95 finishes around the rim and 90 of them were with his right hand and five were with his left Something absurd like that, where <laughs> he's just a such a dominant right-handed scorer, and it actually impacts him greatly, where he tries to get back to his right hand and can't do it. I have to imagine that if he just becomes more fluid with both sides of on, on both ends of the floor, both sides of the floor, uh, left and right side, then he might be a big breakout candidate. But I have to see that first. Yeah, that's certainly an issue with his game was just his rim pressure and that sort of thing. I think it got better at it as the season rolled along, but it, there was still a ways to go before he got injured. But hopefully, you know, this upcoming season, he can show some improvement in those areas. Out of 95 shots at the rim, I think he got blocked 19 times. That's a lot for uh, for a big. It's It's absurdly large <laughs> for a big. That is yeah. insanity. Like Jokic has a million shots around the rim or in the paint. And so he's going to mm -hmm. get blocked more, but like 19 out of 95 is just nuts. So he's got to be better there. Um, number four, will Michael Malone share any additional insight on Denver's rest plans for Murray and MPJ this upcoming season? Will that happen? I think he'll allude to it, but he's, fairly tight-lipped about uh, injuries and that sort of thing. I don't think we'll get a full, this is what the schedule will be, but I do think he'll allude to like, yeah, well, we might rest them here, here, or here, that sort of thing. Yeah, it may go against certain guidelines that they have of, of being very specific uh, because yeah. if, you, if you say outright that, hey, these players are not going to be here for this game, then it actually is going to reduce ticket sales for that game. And it's a tough game for coaches and teams to play because they want to make sure that they get the, the ticket sales run. And if he starts saying that, hey, Murray's not going to play on any of the Sundays, then nobody's going to buy a ticket to a Sunday game. Like that's, yeah. just, that's just how it's going to go. So it's going to be fascinating to see what it looks like. I'm going to straight up ask him and I'm going to ask Murray and I'm going to ask MPJ. So the second and third game of the season is back-to-back. The third game is the home opener. If you had a preference to play in one of those games and could only play in one, which one would you play in? 
Uh, those will be interesting answers to hear, but you'll probably get a, well, why would I have to choose or something like that? A non-answer. Well, well I mean, <laughs> we'll, I we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we certainly will see. Um, okay. Number five, which new nugget is going to be the most quotable? I think the top candidates are KCP, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, and Christian Brown. Not really sure that Peyton Watson, Jack White, not really sure. And Colin Gillespie, not really sure that those guys are going to be giving major quotes. Yeah. I, th- I think it'll be Bruce Brown. Mm. I think, I think fans kind of know what KCP is more than they know what Bruce Brown is. Yeah. And I feel like there's more buzz around Bruce. Uh, like KCP is very straightforward and he will be a very, very good fifth option as a starter. He can shoot threes like nobody's business and he's a good defender. Whereas Bruce Brown is kind of that weird guy, you know, he's the NBA Twitter darling where they're like, will we see him in Spain pick and roll with Bones Highland and Michael Porter Jr.? Will we will we see him as a big? Will we see him as a, you know, there's a lot of questions about Bruce. And I think that will be what people are looking for from those guys. Should be fun. Should be fun. I, I, I don't really know who it's going to be, though. Bruce Brown's probably the best candidate for it. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me if Christian Brown was starting to, I mean, he, he, you were there for his introductory press conference. He was very reserved, I would say. I, I would say the the vibe that he gives off as a fierce competitor on the court doesn't doesn't necessarily translate to his pressers. Um, yeah. But maybe it eventually does as he gets more comfortable in the NBA. We'll just have to see on that. And then DeAndre Jordan, if he ever gets to the to the podium, I wonder if he, if he's going to have some major quotes. That should be fun. Yeah. He's um, he's. Go ahead. He's apparently a very fun guy from all the Nets uh, fans I know. And apparently he's really good, really fun in press conferences. So maybe he'll give some good quotes there. Hopefully so. Last one here. Will we get any insight on the training camp battles for bench rotation spots, whether it's from Michael Malone, whether it's from any of the players involved? What I'm really thinking of here is, hey, backup small forward between Christian Brown and Davon Reed backup center or or really any of the backup spots where if Smith may say, Hey, yeah, I want to play or uh, Bruce Brown says, I'm actually a point guard. And that could be very interesting (laughs) to, to sort of uh, figure out with bones. Uh, Yeah. Like Zeke Naji, Davon or not Davon, uh, Jeff Green, Deandre Jordan, guys like that. What do you Mm -hmm. think? uh, What do you think those are? We'll get any insights. I think we'll get some insights as to what, their approach will be uh i think i don't think we'll get outright yeah it's this guy versus this guy but i do think that like malone will probably have some quotes about players that you can pull things from i do think the players will be expressive with their wants and that sort of thing and i think that there will be an ability to uh, see sort of the mindset of guys going into training camp and what those position battles might look like from uh, an outside looking in sort of thing going to be fascinating. I, I do think that's the training camp battle will be fierce between Brown and Davon Reed specifically. Yeah. Uh, not sure what a, a training camp battle looks like between the three of Jeff Green, Zeke Nagy, and, and DeAndre Jordan and what that's going to look like. But you have to assume that Jeff Green and Zeke Nagy are going to be the guys. But hell, maybe maybe we'll hear differently from Michael Malone, and that should be interesting. Um, 
Okay, let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with some nuggets, tidbits, a variety of things, including thoughts on the new statement jersey. We'll be right back. Final segment here, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Joined by Asher Levy over at Denver Stiffs. Make sure to follow him as well on Twitter. All right, Asher. Statement jersey just dropped from the Denver Nuggets today at about 10 a.m. It looks a lot like the old Mile High City jerseys where you had the Colorado flag colors basically is what they were looking for. But instead of more white in the jersey, they've gone with more of a red and yellow tone to really kind of, I think, push home the Colorado flag, what that looks like. What are your thoughts on the jersey? How do you think it looks? I really like them, man. The uh, The more you look at them, I think the more it grows on you. And I liked it initially. I think that the yellow that and red that they're going for really fits, not more maybe than the white, but I just like it more. I am more of a let's get colors involved sort of person. And I like seeing more uh, originality than just, hey, let's put white on here. Instead, they went with like a yellow outlined by a red. And I like that. Me too. And it does like I, I think one of the things, especially when I've tried to do some design stuff, is when you pair the red and the yellow that the Nuggets use, this uh, this uh, golden color along with the flat irons red, when you pair those together in terms in terms of like an outline, it doesn't look very good. I do think that it looks better on this jersey. I'm not sure what they did. I'm not sure maybe it's the font, maybe because the the spacing of the lettering is a little bit wider, so everybody sort of knows what's going on there already. But it is interesting to think about. It does look very good. Uh, I saw the pictures with Jamal in them. Looks great. Like This is going to be a fun jersey for a lot of people to buy, for a lot of people to wear. Uh, Do you think they'll have any iconic moments in this jersey? I think they're going to have like a comeback win in these jerseys this year. That's not based on anything, but I think there'll be (laughs) just a game. Maybe one of the Michael Porter Jr. Jamal Murray games, like where they establish that they are back and they are healthy now will be in these jerseys. And I think that would be a real cool moment because, you know, Jamal has the uh, black skyline jerseys as his like signature because he did all that in the bubble in those jerseys. That's like a signature Jersey. Maybe MPJ this year can turn these jerseys into his signature. If he drops like 30 on a nationally televised game and is like, I'm back and announces to the world. Hey, we're back. That'd be very cool. I'm looking forward to it. I think the the old kind of statement Mile High City jerseys, the ones that look very similar, where I think Jokic's in terms of uh, what he looked like and what the Nuggets were doing in the bubble and, and how that really progressed. But we'll see. We will see what it looks like. Bones will have a claim. Maybe Bruce Brown will have a claim. But I think you're right about Michael Porter. This could be the one where he really stands out. Yeah. All right, let's get into the NBA rank that ESPN has gone through. They've been doing these player rankings, dropping them in segments. They did 100 to 25 on Tuesday. They did 25 to 11 or 100 to 26, 25 to 11, and then now 10 to 6 on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they've gone through all of the Denver Nuggets, or all the Denver Nuggets are accounted for but one. 
Let's go through the nuggets real quick. Uh, we can. I, I, I did some discussion on this in my last pod, mm-hmm. but I do think that it's kind of important to categorize this a little bit. KCP, Bones, Bruce Brown, they're not ranked on this list. Is that wrong in your estimation? Should those guys be ranked? I think that one of them maybe should be ranked in the low 90s, but I don't think you can really be mad about them not being ranked. Like a lot of the guys, if you look, they're in the same tier of player as, you know, a Bones Highland, a Bruce Brown, a KCP. I think it would have been nice to see maybe a Bones Highland make it or a Bruce Brown make it or a KCP make it. But I don't think it's something to get super upset over if you're a fan. I think that it's fair to have them in a similar tier, but not quite ranked as the same guys. Yeah, certainly not offended by it. That's probably the wrong way to go about it. But if those guys broke onto the list after the Nuggets made a championship run, that would not surprise me in any in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, same. Aaron Gordon at 83. What was your first thought when you saw that? I think it's fair enough. I think that he is in that sort of high-quality starter tier where I think he sort of belongs. I think this season with him being in a uh, more defined role and a role that he was brought into play rather than being the second option like he was last season will give him more of a limelight uh, as a player this uh, upcoming season where last year in the playoffs, he kind of struggled because he was, you know, or the first couple games he struggled. And then everyone kind of checked out of that series when he actually turned it around and was very good in the last three games. I think that they will, he will be able to uh, have more like poster dunks this season. He'll be able to play better defense because he won't be a point of attack defender, uh, or at least hopefully will not be, uh, and will be more of that roaming guy that he's meant to be. I think with those, his stock will rise in the eyes of the public, but I don't sure. think that this is an absurd ranking by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not so far off from what I think it should be that it should be insulting. I would have yeah. him in the 60 to 80 range. I think the 83 is pushing it a little bit too far, but yeah. it is what it is. Andrew Wiggins was ranked 32. And I just have a question for you. The Nuggets played the Golden State Warriors. Do you remember anything that Andrew Wiggins did in that five game series? Because I certainly don't. Uh, not particularly, uh, I, I not really, nothing comes to mind particularly. It's crazy. Like that just, it seems, it seems pretty wild that he got all the way up there as a, as an elite role player. I, I just, it's, it's wild. Like he's the, he's the second highest ranked warrior. Yeah. I do think, uh, Draymond and, uh, I, I think he's probably the third best warrior. Uh, but I think Draymond should definitely be ranked above him. And I think Aaron Gordon should be a little bit higher than 83, but I, I think I'd probably slot him in, in that similar, like 55 to 80 range sort of thing. Michael Porter at 72. This is another one where in the, like you you just take the impression of it. It's not that Mm -hmm. unfair given the, the injury, but if he is healthy, if he is playing, then he's a guy that like, he's going to put up great numbers and he's going to be impactful. So I just I, I have some trouble with his ranking as well if they assume that he's going to be healthy like they have for Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard and guys of that nature. Yeah, I, I think 
that's probably uh, a little too low for him. Like, and by probably, I mean, it is too low for him. <laughs> I think uh, he left a sour taste in people's mouths or didn't get to leave off on the best note because in the playoffs against the Suns, he wasn't uh, as good as he could have been. And, you know, he started uh, the season dealing with back issues, trying to play through them and, and didn't play uh, very well. But I think he probably should be in like the 40 to 60 range, even accounting for health. Uh, assuming he's fully healthy, he is one of the, if not the best off-ball scorers in the league. He is a impactful rebounder. And his defense was better last season than it was the season prior. I hope that that sticks uh, this, this season. And I think if the uh, improvements he showed in the nine games that he played last season stick with, you know, the passing being better and uh, the defense being better, then he will be vaulted into the top 50 at, at least next season. I think he has all-star potential. I don't think he'll reach that this season, but, you know, in seasons uh, moving forward, I uh, anticipate that to rise. Speaking of 50, that is right where Jamal Murray ranked in this yeah. ranking as well. Uh, 50. He, he was previously ranked 21 uh, two years ago. And my question to you is, what did he do to drop? I think it's more just a uh, out of sight, out of mind sort of thing yeah. where he wasn't able to play for 18 months and people probably just forgot how good he is, but he when healthy is a all-star caliber player. You look and you see names like Mikhail Bridges above him. You look and see guys like Tyrese Maxey above him or DeJounte Murray or LaMelo and those guys are all fantastic, fantastic players, but they haven't had the playoff success Jamal has had. They are, I feel like those guys are more projection than uh, Jamal. And what about the if, three rookies that were ranked above him? Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I, I don't really know uh, how they came to the conclusion to put three second year guys above him. Uh, I think all three of those players are fantastic, but I don't really see them uh, being an all-star level player on a contending team this season, besides maybe Evan Mobley. Uh, they, it, I feel like that's probably the worst Nuggets-based ranking that ESPN gave in this article. Uh, yeah. Jamal is a top 30 player uh, when healthy. And if they had him in like the mid thirties, that would be one thing, but to have him all the way down at 50 uh, feels a little uh, dismissive. That's exactly what I sort of took away from it. CBS had him at 35. I thought that was much more fair based off of what he did. Uh, I would personally have him at the back end of the top 30, kind of in the 28 to 30 range. However, like that me, that's being kind of excited and biased. And I understand that. So 50 was just, it was, it was insulting, but uh, either way, we'll move on. Jokic is in the top five, uh, six through 10 for that ranking went LeBron, Jason Tatum at seven, Kevin Durant at eight, John Morant at nine and Devin Booker at 10 ahead of a variety of other players that I think are vastly better, but that is fine. Uh, but Jokic is in the top five. He's over Kevin Durant and LeBron James. That's pretty wild to me, but maybe not necessarily wrong. Uh, 
Where do you predict that Jokic comes in and could you predict the, the top five players for me? Uh, I think that Jokic, Jokic in my book is number two, but I think he'll come in at number three uh, this season behind uh, Giannis and Curry. I think those will be one and two. And then I think Jokic will be three. And uh, I, those to me, I think that that's the most sensible top three. Um, as far as, you know, what I think about him being above LeBron and KD, I think that that's fair. I think that uh, that is just, you know, fairly, very reasonable. LeBron is still a fantastic player, but uh, is not as good as he used to be. And also uh, a lot of players have gotten better um, over the past few seasons, including Jokic. And I think once you win two MVPs, you kind of demand that respect. For sure. For sure. It just, it sort of feels like the circle of life in that regard. Um, I have to, I happen to think that Jokic is going to come in at four on this ranking and that he'll be over Embiid. That's fine. But Luca is also going to be over him at three. And that's going to, that's going to rub me the wrong way for sure, because I don't think that Luca has proven anything that Jokic hasn't and Jokic has won two MVPs. So it is what it is. I don't want to belabor the points, but that's going to be that's going to be a point of contention, I think, for me. Yeah, I think if Luca is over Jokic, I do think that's jumping the shark a little. But I he was think, last year, as was Curry. Yeah, I I just think that uh, as you said, I don't think Jokic or Luca has done anything Jokic hasn't, and Jokic has had more. Uh, playoff success he's had you know more regular season uh success and i think to put luca over him would be wrong but not so wrong that i'd be super miffed about it uh and then i think uh Embiid will probably come in at five uh yeah yeah which is probably fair i i can i can yeah. definitely see that and that is perfectly reasonable okay uh, last thing I have for you, clips have been filtering out of the Nuggets getting some runs together before training camp. They're playing together. They're in the gym. Coaches are watching them pretty seriously, even though it's just an open run, still mm-hmm. a scrimmage setting. What stands out in those clips? If you Have you gotten an, an opportunity to take a look at some of those? I've seen a few. And uh, Jamal Murray looks healthy. Michael Porter Jr. looks healthy. They look good that's the biggest takeaway to have there is that they look physically able right now. I haven't seen enough of Porter, like moving side to side, getting up and down mm-hmm. the court to really have a good impression of him. Like he, he can definitely shoot. There's no doubt about that. Like his, yeah. if they give him the ball in a one-on-one setting, he will shoot over the top of anybody and make it more often than not. That's, that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray though, the, the ferocity that he's jumping with the movement that he's getting on his moves it is really exciting. It's it's really, really exciting to think about that version, being able to hit the ground running in game one of the season. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic if they could get him, maybe not for 82 games, but play him for 65 games and give him some rest opportunities throughout the season. And then he's at the best that he's ever been by the playoffs. That is a very, very exciting prospect to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the preview stuff I've been doing over at Stiffs, uh, which I've dubbed the almanac, but uh, in that, in nice. that, uh, in those articles, I was like, Jamal Murray guys, he's going to be really good, but have patience with him. And now I'm starting to be like, well, maybe I set the bar too low. 
but I think it's best to have uh, in in mind he is coming back from not playing for 18 months. So if he like isn't great for the first five games, don't give him too much crap about it. Uh, but like also seeing these uh, runs, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe that disclaimer isn't necessary. Maybe we're gonna see uh, him really come into form in the first you know however many games. Yeah, I had it like the I think the statistical benchmarks that I gave to him in, in like uh, just a few weeks ago or so, yeah. like 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, 45% from the field, 38 from three and 85 from the line, which yeah. if he did that, that's really good. That's that's really good. That's about mm-hmm. uh, borderline all-star level, which is it's not quite there in terms of the raw numbers, but if Denver wins 60 games or something absurd, then he probably still makes an all-star game, which that's an exciting prospect to be in. The Gold Nuggets fans should be like, okay, if he just clears those, that's a really exciting thing because you know that he's going to turn it up in the playoffs and the Nuggets are going to let him loose. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think with you know DeJounte Murray and Donovan Mitchell being traded this uh, offseason or uh, you know, like players in the West not being as uh, frequent as they were uh, a few years ago, I think Jamal has probably the best chance to make an all-star team this season than he, that he has over the past uh, several years. And I wouldn't be shocked if he made an all-star bid this season. Yeah. It's, it's still going to be tough. The the guard position in the West is still loaded despite the fact that they lost a couple guys, but it's possible. Um, yeah. Who else are you most excited to watch other than Porter? Uh, other than Porter and Murray, I'd probably say, Bones or Bruce, I, I'm interested to see uh, what improvements to his game uh, Bones has made, and I'm just interested to see what the Nuggets uh, coaching staff does with Bruce because there are so many things that you could do with him. Uh, I'm excited to see that defensive tenacity that he has. I'm excited to see what his role on offense is because there is a lot that you can do with him on offense. So I'll be interested to see what they do there. The more I think about it, the more I think his minutes are going to look closer to MPJs than they are to Bones. Like Bruce yeah. is going to play a lot of time and it's probably going to look like 25 to 27 minutes a night, even off the bench, because he will start some of those games when some of those guys are out, but he's still even going to play 24, 25, 26 minutes off the bench. Most other games, just because he's so important and versatile and they can use them in a bunch of different ways. So as long as he hits the ground running, man, Denver's just stacked, man. Yeah, I think he'll probably end up being like their sixth man in minutes played. I think uh, Bones will be the sixth man as far as like running the bench. But I am very excited to see what that sort of versatility and that sort of guard play that Denver really hasn't had anything like uh, during the Yokochero. Like they have not had a, a very elite defensive guard besides Gary Harris. And Gary uh, is a very different sort of player than, Bo- uh, than Bruce uh, on offense. And I am excited to see, you know, Bruce as a screener in the offense. I'm excited to see what he can do uh, next to Bones Highland. I'm excited to see if those two form a chemistry. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really excited. This is going to be a great season. Kicks off on Monday at Media Day. Should be a lot of fun. Are you going to go? To, are you going to travel to training camp? I, w- I would. I didn't ask you beforehand, but I think I'm going to. Uh, yeah, I am not going to be in San Diego, uh, but I will be there for media day and I will be there for, uh, most, if not all of the home games this season. Awesome, man. Looking forward to that. We'll have plenty of fun. 
Uh, for everybody else, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Make sure to go follow Asher. Make sure to go check out all the work that he does, including this most recent article about homophobia in the NBA. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support on the program. As always, I will be back after a long weekend where I spend some time in Telluride climbing mountains and probably wishing that I did it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week.